This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. Lots of negativity in the world everywhere you turn. Bad news, negative opinions, people not happy, people upset, people angry, people throwing tantrums. Otherwise respectable adults acting like children everywhere you go. The news, the people, just negative on top of negative on top of negative. This country really has fallen pretty far. But my question for you is, what do you do to stay positive, move on with your life when the rest of the world is going to hell in a handbasket? Well, it's a simple formula, really. You know, you, you, you got to be positive. I, I don't believe in that premise. It never, it, it never even enters my mind. You got to be positive. Positive about what? I don't like to say, oh, you need to have a good attitude. It's nonsense. Uh, I've told this story a million times, but it's true. I used to have a friend, hey, how you doing? Great, never had a bad day. Really? Really? That's freaking amazing. Because I've had plenty of bad days. What do you do on the bad days? Well, supposing one does come up there, Mr. Happy, what are you going to do then? And I'll tell you what I always say. you got to have the right attitude. And I don't even know if I can verbalize it correctly, let alone... You understand what I'm trying to say to you. But the Bible says you shall work. It's good for you, man. And I'm pretty sure the Bible reference to work wasn't talking about uh, toiling around on a computer. No, that's not the work. It's the physical labor that you shall. That you shall. Think about it a second. A horse or any other animal left to their natural inclinations. What happens to them physically? They don't get out of shape. When was the last time you saw a fat animal? Only when people were involved. Am I right? Am I right? More or less. Animals, they have no such command that they shall work. None. None at all. But somehow they stay lean. They stay fit. They're not looking for diets. They're not doing intermittent fasting. I've never seen a deer out there working out. I saw a fox frolicking across the road this morning at about quarter to six. That was amazing. The fox are unbelievable. Playing around. (laughs) What do you do? How is it that you shall work? You shall work your body so that you feel the way that I don't know. Go read it yourself. Go do some work and tell me how you feel. It's a simple equation. I'm not trying to get all evangelical. You want to get scientific? Here's my scientific evidence. Show me somebody who's getting in shape, who's in shape, that's miserable and unhappy. One, it does exist (laughs) because human beings are pretty much capable of screwing anything up. But you say, you know what, I'm you're negative and unhappy and pissed off. Well, maybe you ought to look in the mirror. I know it's so convenient to blame Biden and the boogeyman and boo-hoo. Get your butt off the chair and go do something. Show me. 
Show somebody what you're capable of. Anything. More people took that attitude. Where would we be? I, 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 I tried to say this on Monday, and I got, actually got cut off on the podcast, if you want to know the truth. Uh, it happens. Part of the love of podcasting. I don't want you to go into the details of that. Maybe you could tell. Nobody said anything, but maybe you didn't notice. I don't know. But I, I don't know that I've really fully developed my thought in that there's this, this negativity and this whiny crap out of the, the what you, I guess you would call the conservative argument. It's got to stop. It's not appealing to anybody. The, our adversaries are just laughing. <laughs> Look at them freak out. All right. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, Governor Josh Shapiro here, the phony governor, because we know the election was rigged. You watch. All of a sudden, they're like, I don't know about this mail-in voting. Oh, really? Oh, really? I could go on and on. Let me, let me stick to my point. Uh, you got to take care of yourself. Having a good attitude, just a, well, just be happy. That's not how it works. You got to work for it. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? You don't sit on the sofa and say, you know what, I'm going to decide to be happy now, and that everything's going to change. I know you're going to read all the way. You just have to change your mindset. You know, you're going to have to do something at some point. All right, it's a simple truth. Push yourself a little bit. So many people today, I don't know, they're, they're, uh, for some reason, they think that, that, that pushing themselves is going to be a real problem. I don't know. Why would it be? Why is it that to stretch yourself, to push yourself, to, uh, to stress your body a little bit, why would any of that be bad? It's not. It's good for you. It's the key to growth. It's the key to happiness. And I find the same thing with people with their thinking. People become such lazy thinkers. Ask yourself, why? Ask yourself, what evidence is there to support this? Because so often I see that there's none, zero, zilch. A lot of people asking me about AI because I've been talking about it. And Elon Musk says, it's, uh, it could destroy the world. It could be worse than nukes. Uh, I got to dig into it a little bit more. I didn't really I discuss the topic to get into a debate with Elon Musk. And maybe he's right, but maybe he's not. I'm telling you, as somebody who's been working with AI every day on a very rudimentary scale, agreeably, I haven't seen any evidence of any world takeover. In fact, I'm quite frankly, if you want to know the truth, I'm a little disappointed in it. I think they, they brought it out too soon, quite frankly. I think there's freaky things about it, uh, and like Google and Wikipedia and social media, there's going to be an impact of it, but to say that it's worse than nuclear weapons, I don't find any evidence to support that. That's just uh, uh, comp- an opinion, right? An opinion based on what? He's seen the inside of it. Why? Why will it be the existential? Everything's the existential threat. And let me use that as a good segue to my next topic. No wonder everybody's so miserable, that everything is just negative, negative all the time. And think of this like your mind and your, your auditory time, I think, like, like your diet. You know, If you consume jelly donuts every day for half the day or all day, uh, there's going to be a consequence to that. 
And I think the same thing with this cable news garbage. I think having, you know, somebody that can unpack things a little bit is helpful. Um, you know, the, the no agenda guys, they, uh, they call themselves <clears throat> news deconstructors. And I've heard that term thrown around, and, I, and that's not really me. You know, I don't, uh, I expect people to kind of keep up, which is a bit of a, a flaw. I don't say that braggadociously. I think I need to do a little better with that. Filling in the gap sometimes that not everybody does have all the information. It makes the story a little confusing or you draw a different, you're like, where's he coming to? You draw a different conclusion than I do because you're not, you know, think he's seeing the same thing that I'm seeing. And I need to do a better job of painting that, I think. So I don't, I don't know about when I become news deconstructor, but. I, my whole thing with the podcast is always to get people to think. And, you know, for the lazy people, they're going to they're gonna sit around and just believe what, what's uh, regurgitated to them, no matter who it is. Who among us is perfect? I was talking to a friend about this last week, about Donald Trump. I said, yeah, never too happy about his uh, lack of uh, fiduciary, budgetary skills. What do you mean? Look at all the debt that he ran up. Conveniently covered by COVID. Well, he had no choice, say the Trump supporters. Oh, he had a choice. He had a choice. And I'm not trying to sit here and 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 dig Trump's grave at all. I'm supportive. I said it a million times. Best president in my lifetime, at least. But that doesn't mean he's perfect. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to be critical. We have to be critical. And they have to hear it. That's the, that's the beauty of society, the evil of government. That, that society, that good always prevails, that you say the voice of many will ultimately be the voice of reason. Is that true? You would say no, no. Are you crazy? The, the mobs are loose. Yeah, because they're being fed misinformation. It's all being orchestrated. All being played with the, to, to a degree that, quite frankly, as I learn more about it, uh, is far more frightening than anything AI. The intelligence community, the NSA, all this far more frightening to me than AI. How's that? Why doesn't Elon Musk say something like that? You know, Elon Musk is a little suspect. And I, it's like with Putin. People, they run that way. I don't know. You know all of a sudden, Putin uh, becomes, uh, you know, sacred. And Elon Musk, because he bought Twitter and pushed back a little bit on, on liberalism, all of a sudden he's a demigod. I don't quite see it that way. But either way, it doesn't really matter. Let's just take the issue one by one. Elon Musk, he says, throws out this scary, oh, AI, it's good. And guess what I read today? Do I have it here? I do not. Why do I not? Well, anyway. I saw the story. You're just going to have to believe me. Oh, it was a tweet. That's why. Elon Musk, I think it was uh, today, yesterday, said that he's going to come out with his own AI. Oh, okay, okay. Now, listen, I think maybe he could do it better. I really do. I really do. But wait, all, it's, it's like my argument that what Trump's debt didn't cause inflation, Elon Musk's AI is only going to be capable of good. Oh, okay. We, we don't need to be afraid of it anymore. Get the hell out of here. No regulation needed. Elon's got it covered. Okay. This is what people want to believe. Anyway, that's my lead up today, 12 minutes in. 
I did uh, three pull-ups. I wouldn't call them Marine Corps regulation, but I don't need to prove myself to you. All right? There were three pull-ups. That's what I'm counting it as. And I did four partials. Not bad for a 52-year-old fat guy. I'll get back at it. Don't you worry. I love it, the people that count me out. Whoa. It's hard to get in shape when you get older. Oh, I know. Lots of things are hard. But you can do it, pops. Get moving. Tired of hearing the excuses. And I'm tired of the angry old people that their driving's terrible, too. Let's get it together. <laughs> it's some, what's that, CQ10 and creatine or something? I don't know. Or Adderall. Whatever they got Biden hopped up on, you could do it. You'd be shuffling around like him. Shoo, 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 shoo. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, that was my opening uh, my opening barrage. <laughs> It was the opening monologue. Well, the whole show's a monologue. The whole podcast is a monologue. I'm going to call it my opening barrage. That's my opening barrage, all right? Uh, all right. I say the right attitude. What's the right attitude, not a good attitude? Just look at the bright side. Uh, no. My country's nothing uh, what it would be seen. You know, the... Um, yeah, let me pull this up here. I wasn't planning on sharing this, but uh, don't take too long. No, it's not going to take too long. The very first book that I was supposed to be writing. Where's the books? Books. Here we go. Uh, and I got interrupted when I wrote Common Sense in Modern English. You know, it's funny. I was thinking, I you know, I take heat for those people. You get wise guys, uh, funny people, whatever, and there's people say, oh, you rewrote somebody else's book? <laughs> I put a lot of work into into translating that to modern English. Uh, but either way, um, I've also authored two other books of my own. Um, and, you know, here's a, here's a little lesson to the for you from experience, you know. I, 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 from now on, people say, that like, and, and what, what are the books that you've authored? Uh, none, you moron, and shut up, right? Everybody's got something to say. Anyway, the book that I was writing, maybe it's time. Maybe now's the time. I put it aside finally uh, because I just kept coming back to it. It didn't seem relevant. Maybe now it is. And the title of the book is supposed to be My Country's uh, My Country Gone. Where's my country gone? America's lost her way. How do we get it back? And uh, the book begins with um, how things change and how I've watched it change. Where is my country gone? Maybe now's the time for the book. I have how many words, just to give you an idea, 31,000 words written already and it's not done. A little over half the chapter's done. And uh, already more than twice as long as common sense. So that'd be a pretty good sized book. Where's my country gone? That was what I was going to write five years ago. Where the hell did it go? Everything that I was saying, and, and I really wasn't predicted, predicting, I was just reflecting. I got to look, I got to dig into it. I think now is the time for me to, to consider working on that again. We'll see. I'm getting really dried up from politics, if you can't tell. It's a waste of time. The elections are stolen. The media is corrupt. The government's corrupt. It's also intertwined that 
uh, you can't speak up if you want to. You just can't even get heard, let alone get something done. What are you going to do? Hey, you can't even have a conversation about uh, real family planning. Do you realize that? The pro-abortion people, nope. Can we have a conversation about a program that counsels young women to keep their children? I saw an article today talking about this new movement of women that want to just focus on having children. White. Oh, really? It's funny how the pendulum swings. But now all of a sudden, everybody wants to, oh, we better start having babies. Don't bother. Don't bother. Not really. But it's just interesting to me how people flip-flop around. But at the end of the day, we're all humans. We're all instinctual in the same way and ultimately want the same things. You know what gets in the way? Fear, envy, greed, insecurities. Really? Insecurity. Have you ever dealt with an insecure person? You know what I'm talking about, about how evil that can be to deal with. It'll change somebody like a drug. Am I wrong? I don't know. All right, 16 minutes in. That's the opening barrage. Wrap it up. Dum, dum, dum. Today I want to talk about crime, race, and gun rates, okay? Uh, you heard the story, Kansas City, a uh, 85-year-old white man, white, if you didn't get that. They, when they, when they bro- the story broke, I think that was the first word, white man shoots black man, white man. He's white, the white man who's white shot the black man. They made this big story as if no, there was no black on white crime during this entire time, you'd want to think. Uh, but that really wasn't true, and I'm going to talk more about that in a second, too. Sadly, sadly, uh, you know, <clears throat> I, I'm not racist. I have no bone to pick with, with any race, really, let alone blacks. Um, I could speak very eloquently about uh, some black people that I know and, and stories in my life. Uh, I could tell you some not-so-nice stories, too, um, you know, uh, being uh, attacked by a group of black people. Not really, because thank God I'm big enough to defend myself and was willing to stand my ground. Uh, so it didn't turn into violence, but it was about to five on one, five black guys on one little white dude, me. But despite that, I don't harbor any feelings of racism. Isn't that funny? As a matter of fact, I think it's wrong to deny people access based only on their on their uh, race, religion, skin colors, things like that. Can you believe that? Despite and actually, it happened to me twice. Uh, uh, first time five, the second time at least five, um, and it's pretty interesting, right, that that would happen. But yet, I don't harbor any feelings of racism. Same story both times. They approached me, threatening, uh, but I was stood my ground, and they thought better of it. Amazing, right? You know, I've said this about uh, dogs. I'm not comparing dogs to uh, black people, by the way. But uh, I've said, you know, if you're going to have a dog like a pit bull like we do, that you have to be prepared to kill it. And when I've said, I've had people, what? you better not kill the dog. I didn't say, we treat our, our dogs are like treated like royalty. All right, give me a break. But that dog knows if it bites my daughter, it's dead, dead. If it bites me, depending on the circumstance, it might get away with it. Bites my wife, it's going to be dead. 
at least gone. Bites my wife, depending on the circumstance, at a minimum gone. Bite my daughter, dead. Simple. Bite my wife, bite anybody, really, that I don't command it to, and it's likely I'm going to put the dog down, depending on the circumstance. You can't have a pit bull that's, you know, a little bit aggressive. I shouldn't even say it like that. Aggressive isn't the word. They're all aggressive. It's an aggressive breed, but quite frankly, the shepherd is more aggressive than the pit bull. The pit bull's docile, honestly, unless you mess with it. As I say, you look at them in the yard and they're prancing around. You step through that gate and see what happens. So, you know, it's just one of our, our layers of security. But my point is this. The dog knows when it looks at me that I'm not playing. And when you have that attitude and somebody comes at you and say, like, I, I'm going to kill you if you touch me. It's amazing how people react to that. Just that. Just the, the, the confidence to stand your ground. The one time, uh, the five black guy, I was riding my motorcycle and one of them came out to clothesline me on the road. You know what that is? They're going to knock me off the motorcycle. So what do I do? Stop the bike and decide I'm going to, you know, ask this young man why he would do such a thing. Or did he need help? <laughs> Not quite how the conversation went. And his buddies jump out of the car. And I had my helmet in my hand. And I just was looking at all of them in the eye. And what was going through my mind was one of these is going to die. And one of them was going to die if that went any further. And the dog knows that. People know that. I don't know if you call that alpha male or what. I'm just going to tell you, especially in today's day and age, that's how you want to carry yourself. Don't mess with me. It's not worth it. Anyway, back to the uh, subject at hand. 85-year-old white guy, white guy with a gun. We know that's just Double bad. Uh, shoots a black kid who rang the doorbell at some kind of an off hour. We don't, we don't know the details of that. To pick up siblings, he went to the wrong address. Let me give you a couple of facts that I'm aware of, which isn't a lot. The first thing that caught me is suspect. I'm like, well, how do you, what do you mean you go? It was, and it was, they had kind of published, they went to this instead of this. Well, I looked it up. I looked up both addresses. And it is a mistake that you could make. And it probably was a GPS or something like that. This brings up a whole bunch of other stories. The kid looks very young. He was picking up the siblings. Who was watching who? He didn't even know where he was going. Um, but none of that re, re, uh, translates that to getting shot. Okay? None of it. So don't, don't even think about it. Doesn't matter. You know, we live in a lily white neighborhood for the most part. <clears throat> Uh, you know, if a black kid came to my door, would I shoot him? No. No, I wouldn't. It was 3 o'clock in the morning, <clears throat> and he came to the door. Would I shoot him? No. No, I wouldn't. I know exactly what I wanted to, would do. And let's talk about that first. Black, white, doesn't matter. Big guy. It was a little kid, by the way. Uh, not armed. Uh, we're aware of. That would be interesting if that came out. That would, wouldn't that change things a little bit? If he turned out to be armed, well, that does change things. But I don't believe so. And you can say, ah, black kids. Yeah, no. If it was your kid, what would you say? I'd be out for blood. What do you mean he rang on the doorbell and you shot him? So first things first, and I brought this up a while ago. I remember somebody asking, you know, if you answer, when you're answering the door in the middle of the night, do you bring your gun or not? Answer. You don't answer the door in the middle of the night. 
Not to somebody, not even to somebody you know. Uninvited, you better make sure you know what's going on. You better make sure you know them real well. It's 2 o'clock, hey, I need to talk to you. About what? What is this about? Hold on a second. <laughs> Let me go get my gun, and why don't you back up? We'll talk out here. Tell me you're coming, you need to talk to me. Reasonable people don't generally act like that. Mentally healthy people don't generally act like that. Could happen. But you don't just start shooting either. I brought it up in the context that, you know, people answering the door to a cop and shooting. You know, just somebody rings the door in the middle of the night, so you start shooting? I mean, for God's sake, if that's not the case for gun control, I don't know what is. That that's what we're going to call responsible gun ownership? That's a problem. It's a real problem. Now, I was talking to somebody about saying, well, is there any chance that maybe uh, the old guy, you know, kind of lost his facilities? Not really thinking. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He's probably going to spend the rest of his life in jail, where it sadly is where he belongs for doing what he did. Just ended some young man's life. Now, uh, the media, on the other hand, the rotten, filthy pigs that they are, uh, you know, they cause every white person to to feel uh, less about blacks. Because you know, can't you give the poor old guy a break? A couple other weird things so that, you know, I'm like thinking at the parents. I'm like, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't have my son doing stuff like this. He wasn't running out, picking up siblings and going to the wrong. And I'm not saying he didn't get into trouble and didn't end up in places he shouldn't have been because he did. Uh, but it wasn't quite like this. This was like a supervised, right? If he was picking up the siblings, he knew mom and dad told him to go. We don't do that with our kids. And, hey, I'm not saying I did anything wrong. I'm just saying it's a little, a little odd to me. But what's even more odd, you know, right? The kid gets shot, and right out of the gate, they want char- charges, charges, charges. They're very clear-eyed in that request. And then they show up with Ben Crump, this attorney, who I'm sure he reached out to them or who knows what. But uh, he's like this big, you know, this is all the black people go to Ben Crump. You know, and he's got some other attorney there because he probably doesn't practice law there, if I had to guess. And they're just out for the head of this old guy. Where is his fair trial? Why is it that black people are getting a different set of rules? They say, well, I complain about white people for many years. Two wrongs don't make a right. It's irrelevant as anything else. The media lynching of this guy is wrong. What he did is wrong. It's an unfortunate tragedy, no doubt. Quite frankly, I do think he should probably do time for it. I don't know all the laws there, and I don't know all the circumstances, but no, you're going to start popping off rounds, and you're going to go to jail, you moron, as it should be. How are you going to make the case for gun rights? Well, you got to just uh, uh, knock at the door. Boom. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry about that. What? No. Unbelievable, the, the crap that I hear on both sides of this. So, but anyway, the filthy media, you know, the, the white guy, the white guy, the white guy with the gun, the white guy with the gun, with the white guy with the gun, with the white guy with the gun. We got it. And then, of course, the, the black boy, the photo they show, he's got his mask pulled down around his chin because he just abides by all the rules. And he was in the quiet. It's just perfect because they always are. It's amazing. Have you ever noticed that? Every one of these young black kids that get shot, they just, the salt of the earth. Amazing. I don't know what happens from there. Listen to this. 
Downtown Chicago, hundreds of teenagers flooded downtown Chicago, smashing car windows, prompting police response. Guess how many white kids in that crowd? Not one that I saw. Not one. Nine adults, six juveniles. Doesn't say here nine adults and six black ju- nine black adults and six black juveniles. It doesn't say that. Hundreds of black teenagers. It doesn't say that. Hundreds of black teenagers crowded into downtown Chicago on Saturday night. The black teenagers smashing car windows. The black teenagers trying to get in. How does it sound? At least one black person in a car was attacked by another black man riding in a car downtown. The black man was injured as black people jumped on cars. Unbelievable. So, two shot, hundreds, not one white kid in that crowd. Odd. Odd. And the only people hurt besides the two that shot themselves were the cops. Another one. A series of street takeovers and looting occurred in Compton, California. You should see this. The two largest takeovers involved up to 500 non-white people and ended with break-ins and vandalism. The LAPD said they were limited with their staff and personnel and couldn't intervene with the giant non-white group for safety concerns because the cops felt outnumbered by the non-white people. Freaking amazing, isn't it? One white guy shoots a black guy, and that's where all the news goes. You don't say. One white guy shoots a black guy. The white guy, the white guy. Meanwhile, hundreds of black kids in Chicago, hundreds of, of non they look, quite frankly, the Compton, uh, I thought it was at the border. I thought there was a border crossing. They don't look, uh, they're certainly not whites. I know you're not allowed to say these things. You can call me racist. You can call me whatever you want. I'm just giving you the simple demographics. You can make up your own mind what you feel about it. I told you I'm not racist. I told you despite the fact that on two occasions I had a group of black people threaten to attack me, but despite that I don't harbor any feelings of racism. Isn't that amazing? Because I still believe that right is right and fair is fair. But the media doesn't. All they want to tell you is about the 85-year-old white guy who probably has lost his mind. But the, and the, the black kid who, like all the others, every white guy happens to shoot the, the white guys. What the hell? Why are they always shooting the good black kids? I don't know. But meanwhile, hundreds of black teenagers flood into downtown Chicago, and they were just expressing their First Amendment rights. 327 crooks account for a third of all New York City shoplifting. This is an amazing statistic. Uh, Out of the 327 crooks that are accounting for a third of all the New York City shoplifting, how many would you guess are white? I'm going to guess zero. I'll guess five. Maybe. Unbelievable. How about that? Why don't they publish the black guys, uh, the white guys, uh, record in the shooting. I mean, if you're going to get into backgrounds and you're going to paint the, the kid as being the salt of the earth, wouldn't it be fair to know the guy's background? Because, you know, if he was like a, a real scumbag 
And this was the third person. They, imagine like there was like bodies popping up around this guy like the Clintons. What would you think of him then? Well, we'd elect him to president, of course. See, you'd want to know, right? But otherwise, that scumbag, you want to know what his back? How do you know he's not a pastor, uh, a salt of the earth, and just made a mistake? What if he came out and said, I want to deeply apologize. I deserve to have the law thrown at me. But this was an unfortunate mistake, not a racial profiling incident. What would you say? We're never going to get to hear that. Hang Whitey. Hang Whitey for the death of one black person. But hundreds of blacks roaming, causing mayhem and destruction from coast to coast. Don't you say a word. Why? Why are people afraid to speak up? Why is the media afraid to talk about it? Is it because the FBI and the CIA have, have told them? Is it because if, like Fox News, they go against the, that they're going to get tied up in a lawsuit like this Dominion deal where they can't possibly get a fair shake in the courts or it's 50-50 at best? Horrible. What has happened to freedom in this country? Let me throw this at you another way, by the way. Is the way this is being handled, is this good for good black people? I don't think so. I don't think it is at all. Closing Walmart in, in Chicago, is that good for the black people that live there? What do you think is going to happen? Here's my guess on that, that you'll have the Asian grocers come in, and they're not going to put up with any crap from these black people like Walmart. They're going to shoot them. Then you're going to see where the fun really begins. Asian gangs will start moving in, laying down the hammer. We'll see. Only time will tell. Maybe Walmart will come crawling back. Maybe, maybe the CIA will put the clamps on them, too. Either you go back or we'll put you out of business. I don't know. I do not know. Where does it all lead to? Let me talk about this from a different angle because, you know, I like to stay positive. Not stay positive, but uh, stay really. So you look at this and look, there's nothing you're going to do to stop this. I've seen this coming for years. This isn't a new phenomenon. <clears throat> there was a, a similar incident. I'll have the link here to give you the exact details. But around the same time, it happened in uh, Baltimore as well. Literally from coast to coast, Baltimore, L.A., Chicago. Uh, and I'm sure there was others. Maybe we're not hearing about it. It's happened in Philadelphia before the Gallery Mall down in Philadelphia. There was just a couple incidents in Philadelphia I was talking about. The uh, street racing and uh, just total mayhem. The cops lost control. Huge gangs. And believe it or not, they're pretty peaceful. <laughs> pretty peaceful. Um. I We went downtown last Friday uh, for a comedy show. Maybe I told you. Didn't see a single cop down and back, down into the, into the heart of the city. Not one single cop. How do you feel safe in that environment? You know, do you want to see a cop? Or should we? Is that, you know, isn't that the police state that people are revolting against? I hear people come, oh, they're going to use cameras. I don't know. They use cameras uh, in other places. They use it very effectively. And then the police respond when there's a, something to respond to, as opposed to just out looking. And that's what people, you know, what are you looking for? Are you looking to find problems? I don't know. What are you going to do? Um, but listen to me a second. I don't know where you're located, but you're not immune to this. And you think about this from a security th threat perspective. And it is quite possibly one of the most difficult things to defend against. What do you do if a group of several hundred teenagers is approaching your property? 
you need to think about this very carefully uh, because you could be dealing with it. I want to say this, and I'm not going to decide this one for you because I don't know where you live. I know where I live, and I know what I would do. I already have a plan to deal with this, and uh, it's menacing. It really is. If we were ever confronted with this situation, I'd feel sorry. You'd likely find a few hundred bodies piled up outside. And they'd probably have little idea what even happened. Uh, I'll say this too. If you're going to use a a weapon in self-defense, then you better know how to handle the police investigation. And you better do that before you decide to act. Do you understand that? You better make sure you know. Uh, But this idea of hundreds, you know, roving gangs like this. And this is when times are still good. Uncle Sam's still throwing, throwing greenbacks out there left and right. Well, they do it with a card now, but you know what I'm saying. Times have changed. It's all digital. They don't need to be carrying out all that cash. It's a security threat in itself. You'll be walking around the ghetto with a big old wad of cash. What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, boy. Times have changed indeed. But uh, it's really something to think about. And I would say, listen, there's nothing wrong with leaving, running, <laughs> on foot, vehicle, whatever you got to do. Not a bad idea. Uh I want to mention a couple other quick things. I'm going to let you go. I talked about the economy, the debt problem yesterday. Depositors pull nearly $60 billion from three U.S. banks. That's a big, big deal. And what was the other one here? Uh, no. I thought there was another update. Well, the economy, there was. It was talking about a, a, another shift of the, um, oh, the article basically was, and I, why do I not have it here? Is it a, I have it in a different spot? Da, da. Talk about a uh, poor thing. All right, I don't have it here. I know I'm a little confused today. What do you want me to do? Um, people are pulling the money out of the banks. People have lost faith internationally, nationally. Nobody has any faith in the United States right now. Biden seems quite overjoyed by that. I think it was all part of the plan. Seems to be. Maybe it's not even his plan. Who knows, really? It appears that the it's not Biden in control at all. Uh, but, uh, oh, that's what it was. It was a uh, BBC link talking about uh, when cash is no longer available, it's all digital currency. And I would say to you, that's not going to happen, ever. Never, ever. Uh, I wouldn't even worry about it. Will they try it? I, you know, like anything could happen, um, but I would say to you that you would have such a black market, like, immediately. There's just too much that um, everybody – I'll tell you what. <laughs> boy, that would be the, the Stalinist move that would put people in the gulags because uh, everybody that owns a laundromat would be in jail over tax evasion. Most pizza places, a lot of barbers, all these people would be rounded up for tax evasion. It's the business, cash business, they say. Uh, but I, I don't. I just don't think that you'd see. I don't know. Maybe the maybe the big play was the, you know everybody went along with the COVID controls. Anyway, uh, the situation with the currency and the financial outlook, uh, you know, remains a a flashing red dire dire dire. Um, I've said this to you before. I, you know, I remember seeing this in two thousand six. And I thought it was Kaputsky, Great Depression at least. And that's not what happened. Printed our way out of it. This time we'll see. To that end, yesterday I also discussed 
this uh, vote on the uh, debt plan. This is a, a Politico article, and, and Politico was the one yesterday that actually put out, I think, no, it was the New York Post, put out as well. So maybe Politico's slanted here. But they're saying that there's no plan and that there's this GOP infighting on this matter. Uh, this is a really big deal, if that's true. And it wouldn't surprise me that it is. Do not trust McCarthy. So, do we need uh, spending constraints in place? Uh, it's only uh, going to put the brakes on the problem. But I don't see any real reason to go full steam over the cliff either. So, yes, cut the spending. Like, to an emergency level. Seriously. 25% of the federal budget borrowed money, and interest rates are still relatively low. People go, oh, the interest rates are through the roof. <laughs> oh, they ain't not yet. You better go look back at the 80s, what, what interest rates were at. They could double again. And then what's going to happen? And they may have to. I know you don't want to believe me. Who am I? I'm not an economist. Why would I say that? Because if the money starts coming back, from the international uh, uh, countries, not using the dollar as the reserve currency, you're going to have a flooding of dollars. The central bank is prepared for it. That's where they're raising interest rates. They have no way of taking it back. I'm not even sure what happened. I know this: the inflation goes through the roof. It has to. And also, as the, the dollar market shrinks, a less ability to, to spread the American indiscretions over the rest of the world. And you're going to see more and more problems. You're going to see cost cutting of an extreme level if they don't do something. Not to mention, it's not just the debt numbers that you see. I don't know if people realize that. It's There's so many uh, of these other unfunded liabilities, like Social Security, and, and many state pensions and other pensions where the money's just not there uh, to pay these retirees. And this is a, a very familiar problem. And you say, how does this happen? Here's how it happens. When they decide that they're going to offer you a retirement plan and they're going to tell you what your income is going to be, and usually it's a formula, right? So, you know, for every year of service, times, blah, 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 something like that. Well, they have an idea. They have formulas to, you know, come up. You know, what are they going to be paying out, right? They know. They average all. They don't know exactly because you could start employment there and they're putting in. And you could leave after ten years. You might stay twenty. You might stay fifty. They don't know that. Uh, but they, you know, they have averages on these things, and I'm sure there's certain rules about it. Maybe not. Uh, and then, so now they're going to save money to pay you later, saving it for you. Because you, know, you trust the government to hold your retirement money more than you trust yourself. That's really what's happening, right? We can't do it on our own, so we got to rely on government to do it. And it's a fact, really. If you didn't have Social Security, you know how many people, you know how many problems we'd have? It would be unreal. So anyway, they're going to learn. Well, then they figure out for the pension plans, what's going to be the rate of return on our investments? And you see 6%, 8% a year. And that's how they determine how much is paid into that plan. And there's fees, usually, you know, costs of managing all this. And that could be a lot. People are making money along the way, in other words, even if you're not. 
Uh, the problem becomes when the market crashes or the re- end or the returns are not there. Like there was a period after the Great Depression where there was like no growth until World War II, I guess. World War II is what sparked the growth in this country. So what? There was no growth. The people are like, oh, there's no growth. Good. I mean, things were stable. Was that what you call that? Anti-growth? Maybe we call it stable? Anyway, uh, I'm not freaking out. I'm trying to keep things in its proper context. I can't tell you what's going to happen with the economy. My straight-on prediction is just a slow, you know, 8%, 10% inflation a year. That's my prediction for the next 10 years. And interest rates that just go from high to really high. That's my prediction. Short, it'll be like the 70s all over again. Be like the Carter years. Same thing. Same laissez-faire, defunct government. Liberal, they say. There's nothing liberating about it. Just keep that in mind. But as much as I'm predicting that rosy scenario, if you want to call it that, there's indications that things are really at the breaking point. And as I have continued to do, if you have not, I would recommend that you put plans in place. What are you going to do if you can't get, fill in the blank, anything that you need that is important, like heat or water or food or medicine, the list goes on and on. I would be concerned. I would be tell you to keep stock on hand. It is the prudent thing to do right now. And also make sure you have security in place. And lastly, so that you can survive this whole situation mentally intact, get outside and get some exercise. It'll be the best thing you ever did. Hey, God willing, I hope to be back tomorrow. I sure hope to see you there. In the meantime, make it a great day.